This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street car tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And (laughs) active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your co-host, Bree Tucker, and I am here today to introduce you guys to one of our favorite episodes from 2023. We are going to be doing an encore presentation of our episode, Do You Parent Through Fear? Now, this was one that had an amazing response from our listeners because we kind of talk a lot about anxiety and how that controls what we do in our parenting so often. What are those common signs giving us the clue that, whoa, we might be letting our anxiety and fear dictate how we're doing our parenting? And of course, in no guilt mom fashion, we will wrap this all up with three things that you can do to stop parenting through fear and to start parenting with confidence. So without further ado, on with the show. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined by my co-host, Bree Tucker. Why, hello, hello, buddy. How are you? I just, I just hit the mic too and, when I did that. And this is definitely going to be one that you need to watch on YouTube because Bree, Bree has the pen. She has the pen mustache. It's like mustachio. Yeah, we just have evil. To, to do something else to not <laughs> we to do something else to not focus on our fear. Because we're talking today about parenting through fear. Yes. And actually, we were talking recently. So we, of course, always record these a little bit in advance. There was an article uh, going around recently about a Tesla that crashed over a cliff in California. Yes. And, and my my dad sent me this article this morning because I, know better? Just, <laughs> I just got a Tesla three months, like three or four months ago. And I'm sure he was like, look at this, this could happen. Well, okay. So like, that was my point. So this article noted that the Tesla went over the cliff, like deviled slide in California and that all the people survived. Thank God. 
but I was saying to you that I thought it was really weird that they kept focusing on it being a Tesla. Like mm -hmm. if it was a Hyundai, you wouldn't hear like a Hyundai goes over a cliff in California. You'd be like a car went over a cliff. A but car. they kept focusing on the fact it was a Tesla. Well, here's the thing about Teslas and my family's very anxiety prone. So of course, as soon as I got a Tesla, my sister's like, Joanne, those cars kill people. They take control <laughs> and they go, I'm like, no, they don't. They don't do that. He's but like, anytime Elon Musk can put some software in there and have your car run off the road. I'm like, no. Okay. No. That's going back to the whole like iRobot movie theme and that robots will take over. But no. I, okay. So that is interesting though, because I was telling you off the mic that I thought that it was weird they were saying Tesla because I felt like they were doing one of two things, they being mm -hmm. the media. They were either trying to freak people out, like you just said, that Teslas are going to kill you in self-driving yeah. mode. Or, Which I totally believe was the angle, knowing media. yeah, Because all the people survived, they were like, look how safe a Tesla is. They careened 250 feet down into the rocks and everybody still survived. Yeah, Injured, but survived. So, so yeah, I thought that was, and then now here we are two days later and a recent article came out that it had nothing to do with the fact that it was a Tesla or self-driving mode, that it was the driver, but yeah, which it's, is sad. It's interesting. It's, it's all about that sad. fear. It is. It is all about the fear. Fear in the media, of course, sells. I mean, I was a broadcast journalism major and all of my professors warned us about this maxim they say in newsrooms where if it bleeds, it leads, which means if it's bloody, then it's the first story because that's what attracts everybody to your newscast. And of course, like my professors were, that's horrible. I can't believe they do that. But it was something to be prepared for when you go out into the working world to know this happens. So the fear is a huge part. I think fear is just a huge part of all of our lives. It's one of the reasons like I don't watch any news anymore because they're playing on everybody's fears for ratings because that's how they get paid. That's how the money comes in. News can just in general be very overwhelming. Like it just, especially as a parent, because you think back and they talk about this too, about how it, it feels like everybody is getting kidnapped and hurt these days and like none of that crap happened when we were kids but apparently it did it we did. just didn't know about it because we weren't connected all the time like we are now so yeah. it's just it's scary as a parent because anywhere you turn in the news you're going to find an article about something of your worst fear that could happen to your own kids yeah. and it makes it so hard not to not to have those thoughts racing through your head when you are coming up with rules and or choosing how to discipline your child, right? Totally. Because as far as I'm concerned, my kids are constantly going to be kidnapped and taken into sex trafficking or run over on the road, like whatever. It's going to happen. It's going to oh, yeah. happen because it's in the media and I hear it all the time. So. It's usually a lot less prevalent though than the media makes it seem. Like they yes. take like one situation out of a million. And when you see that one situation, you're like, oh my gosh, this is happening everywhere. When, right. you know, it is one situation and it is good to be aware of those things and just be aware of surroundings, of course, if you're out with kids. But to know that it's very, very rare that these things happen and to also know if your parenting is affected by it. And that's what we are going to talk about today. Hope you enjoy this episode of the No Guilt Mom podcast. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids. And we're going to have fun doing it. 
We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Okay, so let's just be honest. Honestly, everybody out there in podcast land, I want you to nod your head, raise your hands. Who has ever had a rule or had a reaction to something your kids did that was fully run by, oh my God, X, Y, Z is going to happen to my kids. Like, and it it was like a really bad X, Y, Z. Like my kid's going to get run over. My kid's going to get kidnapped. My kid's going to swallow a magnet and it's going to tie up their intestines and they're going to die. Like whatever it is, right? All those things go through my head all the time, all the time. Even my son is nine now and he really likes to bike around the neighborhood, but it really took me a long time to let him do that because I was like, oh my gosh, what if he gets hit by a car in the neighborhood? What if somebody kidnaps him in the neighborhood? Everything goes through my head. And then the only thing that makes me let him do it is I think back and I'm like, okay, I wanted to do these things at his age. And then I have to repeat to myself, it is very improbable that things, things will happen. And I just let him know to be aware and he knows to be aware. And then I give him time limits. I'm like, not time limits, but I just ask him, I'm like, okay, like how, how long are you going to be? What time should I look at the clock? And that's when I'll start worrying. And he's like 30 minutes. I'm like, cool. And he's been (laughs) back before those 30 minutes. So I haven't had to worry at all. (laughs) You've been able to keep that one in check. I've been able to keep it in check, but it's really, it's difficult. There's so many fears as a parent. Right. And I think that if we really take a little step back here, these fears, it's, it's a fear about what, like you just said, what could happen versus what's Mm -hmm. going to, what is likely to actually happen. And it causes us to be that helicopter parent, which I find hilarious because I've talked to my parents about that before. They're like, helicopter parenting was not a thing. Never heard that term before until, you know your oldest sister started to have kids and it kind of became a big thing. And now you say helicopter parenting and everybody knows what you're talking about. And we Mm -hmm. all know that you don't want to be a helicopter parent because the helicopter parent, the one that is like always like hovering over, over everything, trying to constantly keep an eye and to control all situations and not in a bad way. They're trying to control situations because they love their, their kids and they don't want them to get hurt. But when you're doing that, it causes so much stress because then everything is on your shoulders. You are literally taking everything on. And I think there was a shift actually where everything seems to be the mom's fault. Um, like if a kid is bad, they always go to the mom. They don't go to the dad. They go well, to the mom. Because dad just has to show up and he's a good dad. Exactly. I love dads, but let's just be honest. That kind of is how the rule goes. There is a very standard. Moms compare themselves to having a completely organized house with well-behaved kids. That's the ideal that you see on TV shows or on movies. And then dads, they're like, well, I'm not a deadbeat dad. I'm doing pretty good. So it's a lower standard. It's funny because I'm I'm reading this one book. It's by Stacey Willingham. It's called All the Dangerous Things. I read thrillers, but (laughs) you're going to laugh that I'm actually reading this thriller. I don't know why I do this to myself. This one is about a woman whose toddler son was kidnapped in the middle of the night. And it comes into the story a year later where there's still no information, no clues about him. And it's a totally cold case. But 
what's interesting is that she's going around and she's going to these true crime conferences to keep the cold case alive. So she's telling her story and the way she's getting paid is they're giving her the list of all the attendees because she's trying to hunt down who might've taken him because for some reason, people who commit the crime are more likely to come to these things and relive it. Wow. But yeah, it's intense so far. The only reason I'm still reading is because there's something else going on here. Like, you know, there's something else going on Yeah. because they went back to her example of as a kid, she's a sleepwalker. And so I'm like, they wouldn't mention she's a sleepwalker if it didn't have something to do with the story. I'm on to you thrillers. I know what's going on. <laughs> Stay with us. We'll be right back. From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly. I got to say, love the name Max. That's my, my puppy dog's <laughs> name. Uh, who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. It actually makes learning pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I listened to this with my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was with a cool aunt that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, my son also enjoyed all the math involved. Like He thought it was really cool. Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Hey, all it is Joanne and Bree here, and we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. But the point is, she makes it very, very clear in the story that everyone always looks to her and is uncomfortable around her and blames the mom. When they look and they're like, oh, it's not that my son just disappeared. It's like, what did you do wrong that made your right. son disappear? Why right. didn't you have this like baby monitor in his room? Why didn't you check that window before he went to sleep? and not asking the same things of dads. So I think moms have an additional pressure and that's why parenting through fear and knowing that you're doing it is so important. 
Right. Right. It is. Because honestly, when it comes to the whole parenting through fear, there's two things of it. First of all, you have to be able to recognize that that's what you're doing, that you're, that you are parenting in a way through fear and anxiety. And then once you can recognize it, then you can start working on it. Like your example you had with your son, with the bike riding, like you realize that that fear is, or that those fears that those things are definitely going to happen to him are a little bit bigger in your head than probably in real life statistics, right? There's a song. Have you ever heard the song by, uh, um, uh, bare naked ladies? Uh, Oh, poop. (laughs) It's a song about like the, the probability of like dying and they have like the whole song is about, Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's this, all these weird ways you could die, but more than likely, like you're gonna have a good day or something like that. Like these things won't actually happen to you. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's like <laughs> it's looking at the probability of things happening, or yeah. like you went back to the the establishing of rules because we were recently at a gathering and a close friend was, oh my gosh, like I don't let my son say hi to anyone, and we're all like, what? This is so weird. We just didn't know what to say. We were just here and come find out months later that this close friend has this overwhelming anxiety that her son is going to get kidnapped and taken away from her. And so if she can prevent him from engaging with people, because she's always been told, oh, you know, it's always the women get mugged who say hi to like these strange men on their roots. I know there's all these things. There's all these things and stuff that are like drilled into, especially women from a young age that aren't true, are meant to kind of, are meant to keep us safe, but end up us Little Red really Riding Hood. Red Little Red Riding Hood. Like that whole fable mm-hmm. was created to say like, if, 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 a, if a little girl doesn't listen and she veers off the path, she's not only going to hurt herself, she's going to hurt her Grammy. Can you believe that? Like what stories about boys were like that? I can't even think of one. I can think of boys lying, like the Jack whole and Jill, boy who cried wolf. I don't know. But you don't know. Why is she true? Him? You know what? <laughs> People need to comment. So comment on this episode if you could tell us a nursery rhyme or an old story where like a boy gets in as much trouble as little red riding hood. Because I want to hear that. that There's is- a lot of stories like that to keep you small and keep you safe. I bet you could look at a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, Rumpel, like Rumpelstiltskin, she made a negotiation to give away her firstborn child. How dare she? <laughs> <laughs> Never because negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> no, here you go. No, look at Rumpelstiltskin. Um, she needed to, or like she, she needed to earn money. And so she said she could spin straw into gold because she needed to earn a living. But the only way she could earn a living was if she gave up her child. Yeah. Like what deep-seated like norms are put into us? We choose to tell these to our children as bedtime stories. It is very odd. It is very odd. And when you see it, you're like, that's messed up. That's messed up. (laughs) Yeah. But okay. I wonder we have all these issues. (laughs) But I digress. All right. So really quick, we're going to run over a couple of signs. So in case you're listening to this episode and you're not quite sure if you fall into this category of parenting through fear, parenting through anxiety, or you think you are, but you like to hear that confirmation just to know for sure. I'm one of those people. I pretty much know things, but I'm like, I still want to see if I can check off all these things just to know. Well, it's also a form of connection. If you know that this is 
a pretty normal thing and it happens to so many people and you are yes. not odd, that is even more reason to like go in the direction to try to change it because you're like, right. oh, there's a fix for this. I can there go is. like talk about it. There is a fix. So, so <laughs> let's start with our signs. Like what is the first, the first sign that you might be parenting through fear? If you're trying to shield your child from things, to avoid negative situations, like you're trying to keep them away from parties or something where you feel something bad will happen, or you don't want them to go to a certain activity because you've know you've heard that that activity can cause injuries, like trampoline parks, for example, or, or like or bike rides or bike <laughs> rides or like climbing up on something and you're like, no, get down, get down, get down. Like yeah, those kind of behaviors too. Although some of those things are, <laughs> I mean, they'll happen. Accidents happen. I remember, I, I think of that thing about get down from it. Eric was climbing up on the front of our house and he was just walking around. He fell into the bushes with sticks and he avoided his eye by like, by this like smidge, like a hair. It could have been really, really bad, but that was a rare incident. And you know what? He's much more balanced we're careful and now. careful now. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, when you were talking about the whole bike riding thing, I thought for sure you were going to say you were concerned about him getting hurt because that boy has broken more bones than uh, Camden has. He has. He has. Uh, but another thing that's interesting is, I don't know if I've told you this, but so I'm pretty klutzy. I run into walls. I injure myself in really bizarre, strange ways, like not normal ways people injure themselves. Joanne, how did that happen? Kind of injure yourself. My parents padded all the furniture when I was younger. I see pictures of padding on every single piece of furniture in their house, every sharp corner, every hard edge of a couch, everything really? was padded. And my sister, they didn't pad it. <laughs> and she actually, uh, she's not as klutzy as I am. She doesn't hurt herself in weird ways. She hurts herself in ways that like, you're like, yeah, I can understand how that happened. Kind like of that thing. couch came out of nowhere. It just jumped right in my bath. Yeah. I was walking through the living room one time when I was a kid and I stepped on something. I wasn't looking where I was going. And I looked down and it was my mom's hummingbird ornament that had fallen off of the um, entertainment center. And the hummingbird pierced, pierced my toe. It was going in one side and going out the other Ooh. because I, I don't have like, I didn't have very good body awareness. But that's wow. one of the things when your parent through when you're when you're fearful of something, you don't let your kids develop those mechanisms to give them protection yeah. when they get older. Because they have to have some experiences to learn how things will actually happen. Because if again, yeah. like you just said, like if we're always avoiding it and shielding them, then they're gonna think that there's nothing bad that can happen. So Yeah. And yeah. then stuff happens that you're like, what? was that I know right okay so the second sign is that you quickly move from unlikely situations that are a possibility to a probability and we were talking <laughs> about that earlier that's where it's like okay so it's possible that my kid could go to the park while I'm like I'm I, I know one thing I used to do oh my goodness okay so I used to go to the dog park back when I lived in my old neighborhood and adjacent to the dog park was a kid's park so I remember my kids had to beg me and it took me months to be okay with them not having to stand around at the dog park and like watch all the dogs because I wouldn't let them pet other people's dogs because I was also afraid they get bit. 
and it probably mm-hmm. is a decent which is a safe thing to do yeah dogs are probably, very untrustworthy probably a decent yeah, having one myself <laughs> yeah but it took me months to let them go play at the playground where i could visibly see them because i thought it was a probability not a possibility but a probability that someone would kidnap them and take them away at the park even though they were no more than 100 feet away from me i could see them the whole time yeah like you just you go from that situation where you start thinking that what you see in the news is definitely a more than 50% chance it's going to happen to your kids mhm that is yeah. where you're kind of in a in a not so great place there. No. And it gets really scary. And I, I mean, I have those feelings all the time that I constantly yeah. have to work through. Like you have to I'm, tell yourself this isn't logical. This isn't I'm logical. Convinced everyone will get into a car accident when I'm like, Oh, my husband's not texting me. Oh, have to check Google maps. Look at the traffic. It's what I do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then it's exhausting. Like how we all have tra- yeah. And we have trackers on our phone. Like I'm yeah. tracked by my family and I you're do. tracked by your family. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That. That was the funniest thing I remember. And you know why I'm tracked by my family? If you remember me telling you why it all got started when I was uh, newly divorced and I started dating, my mom was convinced somebody was going to kidnap me and I was going to end up like dead in a field somewhere. So she was like, please just put this tracker on your, please join our life 360 circle. So we know where you are. And I'm like, fine, fine. Yeah. It just makes my parents feel better. My mom and dad, it just makes them feel better that they know where I am. So I'm like, okay. I'll do it. Right. It could, it, it, there, there are varying degrees, but, but again, like this, the point of this is that if it's affecting how you parent, that's mm-hmm. where that line is being crossed. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi there. I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not 
my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. So what is the third sign? And we see this one a lot. You don't have your own life outside of your kids' problems. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard if you feel like your kids' drama is your drama. If their like fight with their BFF becomes all-encompassing and affects your life as well, it could be a sign that you know you're parenting through fear. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of us struggle with that. We kind of get wrapped up into what happens with our kids mm-hmm. so much so that like you, it, it just, it, like you said, like their problems become our problems. Yeah. And which is it's, a hard place to be because we have enough problems. We don't need more problems on our plate. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> we do not. So, all right. So we've established now, like some of those, so some of those things are things that you will likely see or be able to check off as, yeah, I do that. And if you are doing that, you are more than likely parenting from a place of fear and anxiety, which mm-hmm. isn't healthy. It's not healthy for you because it drives you bonkers. It causes a lot of stress. It, yeah, it's emotionally exhausting. Mm-hmm. But for our kids too, doesn't it make them have more anxiety? Because then all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, all these bad things are going to happen to me if I go out and I say hi to strangers. So I can't. I, I shouldn't be doing that. Exactly. And it's just anxiety talking. And it's so important that we're having this discussion about anxiety because I feel like people think it's real. Like what you think in your head, you make seem real when it's not. When it's something that we have control of, even though it may not seem we have control of, it's like a process that we can work through where we would have better control of our thoughts, which then lead to our feelings, which then lead to our actions. So what's the first thing to do if you know that you're parenting through fear, Bray? The first thing you can do is just, like we said earlier, acknowledge it and accept that you are fearful. Because once you acknowledge that you're dealing with fear and that you've got some anxiety and that it's affecting how you do things with your kids, then, then you can actually start working on it and Mm -hmm. coming up with a more positive thought process and being more aware of like, oh, perhaps that rule that they're never allowed to be more than 10 feet away from me. Maybe that's a little bit overbearing. Maybe they, you know, they are, they are 15 and 16. Perhaps they can do more on their own. Yeah. I'm or joking. even hopefully like, I got to laugh out of some people. <laughs> hopefully 15 or 16. Yes. I know. They're 15 or 16. Maybe they can walk more than 10 feet away from me. We'll see. We'll see. I can totally do this. Yeah. yeah. Or like, if it's even making like your stress level rise too. Yeah. If you like, like me, I knew I was fearful. I knew I had all this anxiety. I was um, managing it pretty well with like not the rules, but it was causing me a lot of extreme pain. So if it's causing you extreme pain, there is help for it. There is help. I go to therapy. I have a great nurse practitioner psychiatrist now, have some great anxiety meds that are working wonders and controlling my bodily reactions to thoughts and events, which just make life a little bit easier. Yeah. So before you take take any path on like what to do, you have to acknowledge it first. Mm -hmm. You have to acknowledge it. But like you said, there are so many tools out there that can help you deal with it. But that first step is acknowledging that it's there. Mm -hmm, So what's the second step, Joanne? What's the second thing they can do? 
So this is about, you know, taking little small steps and exposing yourself to your fears so you can conquer them. This is actually like, there's some psychology basis in this and called exposure therapy, where yes. you just keep introducing yourself to the situation. If your child wants to ride their bike around the block, let them ride their bike around the block. And maybe the first time you could see them. And maybe the second time, like it's supposed to be five minutes. And maybe the next time it's 10 minutes and just gradually increase it until you're at the point where like, okay, nothing bad happened. I'm okay with this. Yeah. Like we're not saying that anybody has to let their kids do something that makes them so stressed out and so scared and so fearful or to do anything reckless by any means. But <laughs> when you realize that you have an, an overwhelming fear that is causing you to possibly, again, parent from a place of fear, not parent from a place of uh, realistic concern. Is that a yeah. good way to put it, maybe? Yeah, I would uh. say that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So like, if you're not parenting from a place of realistic concern and you know that you're overdoing it, you are over the edge, you have jumped the shark, you are just past it, take those little steps. If you're afraid of the trampoline park, take them and let them like go on the kitty one and see. And if they don't break any arms or legs, then great. Maybe we can do the next one. <laughs> Something else that really helps is to pay attention to what you're saying to yourself and your oh, self-talk. Yeah. And this comes from Brene Brown, actually, that a lot of times our fear, we think our fear means that something bad is going to happen. But what our fear actually means is that at that moment, we're feeling vulnerable. We love our kids so, so much that we are feeling vulnerable to losing them and focusing on that love for your kids and that feeling of vulnerability and identifying what that is makes you more able to take that step of exposing yourself to your fears. It does. And actually mm -hmm. that is fantastic because that leads us right into that solidifies our third thing that you can do, which is to talk yourself through situations instead of assuming that you know what's going to happen or assuming that you know exactly what your kids are thinking. Because part yes. of this parenting through fear too is being afraid that your kids are like doing crazy stuff in their head, that they're thinking of stupid, crazy things. Yes. Um, Right? It is. And know like you're not alone in this either. We talk to so many women who join us in balance, who come into balance having a lot of fears about their kids and a lot of fears that their kids won't end up okay or won't end up responsible. And through like working with us and working with the group, they're able to master a simple method of communication that we teach in Calm and Happy Parenting. And they're also able to figure out that where these fears are coming from, what self-talk they're telling themselves, and just having this more even calm state because they're looking at the thoughts in their heads and well, uh, thinking through them. Right, because I think something that you said, a lot of us, we don't process what our own concerns are, mm -hmm. right? Like we're just, we assume a lot of times, assuming happens so often in parenting. We assume that we know what everybody else is thinking, not out of a bad way, just out of experience. We're like, listen, I've been on this earth six times as long as you have. I don't know, whatever. Uh, so I have way more experience than you do. I know what's going to happen next. And sometimes we're right, but sometimes we're wrong. Sometimes we assume we know what our kids are thinking because, you know, we know our kids. But mm -hmm. We don't always know our kids. We don't. And sometimes they are thinking through situations much better 
than we give them credit for. Like one of the things we teach first in Calm and Happy Parenting is about drilling down and finding out your kid's point of view. And sometimes I get really scared about a situation. For instance, my son, when he started walking home from the bus and I'm like, okay, well, tell me what you would do if somebody like approached you and we talk through it. You're problem solving. (laughs) He had some, some ideas there and some other things were like, okay, well, here's what you should actually do. And here's that. But just talking through it and seeing their reasoning process and giving them those skills for problem solving makes me so much more confident as a parent, uh, like giving up that responsibility to him than it would if I had just been like, nope, I'm there. And it also frees up a lot of my time too, because I don't have to go and pick him up from school. He walks home from work. I know, right? (laughs) And I mean, so the problem solving is fantastic on two levels. You can do it at where you also have the conversation in a safe place at home, you're role-playing it, but also letting them have the opportunity to problem solve themselves. Because Mm -hmm. if our kids are constantly knowing or waiting for us to swoop in and fix the situation or to swoop in and fix what all's going on, they're never really going to learn how to problem solve. And isn't Mm -hmm. our main goal, all of us, is for our kids to be happy and healthy and, for sure. And to be able to do things that they want to be able to do, to have that freedom, to have that 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 self-confidence to do things on their own, which they'll never get if we're always there and no fixing it and meddling with it. <laughs> so takeaway point for this episode, notice if you're fearful and then take these steps to try to at least manage the fear and give more responsibility to your kids. Yes. For sure. So remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts.